radioinfluence.com. Good afternoon, everyone, and welcome to the Monday edition of the Dark Delight Podcast with Frankie Powell on the drums and Beans. Okay, so we just in the in the video show played a clip of this Patriot Front Group confrontation that happened, I guess, over the weekend. And rather than, you know, make the audio only audience listen to just the <laughs> the cursing and debauchery for no reason. We played it, but we're going to discuss it now. If you haven't seen the video out there in podcast land, the link is in the show notes below. Give it a click and, and watch it. So they've just attacked these guys, demasked them. There's one in particular who is very, very, very uh, ashamed of his own face. And Matt... It's like Rorschach from Watchmen. <laughs> My face! My face! Um, Matt Wallace, or somebody, found this dude, allegedly. I'm not 100% sold on all this, but he found him on socials, and it says, after graduation, he plans to work for the government. I guess he was like a brother in a fraternity or something somewhere. Anyway, long story short, Benny Johnson had a thread on this over the weekend. He said, this is the best video on the internet right now. Pro-America Patriot Rally ongoing. Feds show up dressed as, quote, Nazis. Patriots force feds out of rally. Unmask the feds who panic. The, quote, Nazis cry and tremble in fear. Cops rush to save the feds. And then he says, this is a win-win. Let's say these really are just dumb racist punks. Not welcome. They have no place in our movement. Now they're exposed. Good. If, um, W. If, if more people had been suspicious about these random police-protected masked jackasses, there would have been no January 6th. Believe that. An honest, moral, proud movement does not wear masks, does not run and hide into its unmarked vans when confronted. Call them out now. Okay. Timestamp. Um, Adam Kinzinger. 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 <laughs> Just add it to my mispronunciations. He said this. Now, I don't think he was saying what everybody leapt to. I think he was saying, if the people in the video thought that these were feds, this is how they're acting towards these feds. But he said, these people, all blue checks, are celebrating a seemingly MAGA assault on federal officers. Now, I don't know what this really is, but take a gander at the comments of the, quote, patriots who love America. So what he's saying is, we're calling them all feds. And then we're beating the living daylights out of them. Oh yeah, yeah. That's the that's the other uh, the aspect of that. That's why I I I had asked the question over the weekend. So uh, when are the charges for insurrection going to be levied against these people because they thought they were attacking feds? Right. You know, um, it's uh, it's it's one of those things. Something just very weird about this. I'm still not. Again, I'm still not a hundred. I'm sure most of these guys are are legit and out there with their flags. You know. Peace. Well, I'm not going to say peacefully. It wasn't peaceful at all, but protesting. Well, what was the original reason why they were there again? No idea. No idea. So it's just a 10 on 10 brawl near a park somewhere. Yeah, it looks that okay. way with people with flags. Like These guys show up and then there are masked people within the group of people who are beating the masked people. So I'm like, what is going on here? It's very weird to me. It's spy versus spy. 
Oh, I used to play that game when I was younger on Atari. Anyway. <laughs> yeah, really, really weird. Um, so we're just keeping our eye on that. We're just keeping our eye on it for now. But it's very strange to me. It's not like... It's strange that nobody... So even Benny did not give any reason as to why there was some sort of a demonstration or counter demonstration with it. No, no and, like where it is or why they got together. No, and and on top of that, I didn't see um like I didn't see anybody questioning why he was saying that they were protected by cops. There was like one lone cop that like tried to take her little self and block them, but there was nobody else there. You know what I mean? Like it was just weird. Just saying. Yeah. I there, saw this. <laughs> There's more, though, going on, so we're going to move on. Um, the title of the show today is The Coup That Never Was, and you'll find that we spend probably a small fraction of a second on The Coup That Never Was because it never was, and it might have been all kinds of things that they told us it wasn't. <laughs> so stupid. It's serving, uh, it's serving somebody, but it was really incredible if you're talking about the Russia the uh, the Russia and Wagner group situation over the weekend. It was really incredible to watch the... It was a combination of gross misdiagnosis, everybody at once, and then also gross uh, public diddling of thyself for everybody to see. Like, if you, if you thought for somehow, for some reason, completely misunderstanding just where the Wagner group is and Prigozhin is, is aligned politically to the right of putin um people thought that it thought that this was a coup against putin which it's not he's very popular out there um but even if it was you weren't getting somebody you who's going to be in charge some you're talking about people who wanted to turn kiev into glass a couple of months ago or or, or from the beginning i should say so it was all this misdiagnosis crazy stuff putin is he he was he was fleeing Moscow. He was mortally wounded. His uh, his uh, his asylum seeking in Kazakhstan was turned away. He was like running all over the world looking for somebody to hide him. It was horrendous. It was the the, uh, the pontification that came out about this. The spaces that were had an endless bloviating about how Russia was finished and it was a new day. And I'm just like nobody knows what the living daylights they're talking about, and they're just vomiting out all this crap and then i'm saying to myself like early on the only thing that really piqued me was they're talking about this ongoing coup where vladimir putin is just letting these people charge right up to moscow unabated no nobody's getting involved or anything there are people filming out on the streets you know whatever and nobody had mentioned a word about china not one word what would China be doing in that situation? Why did nobody mention China ever? Iran came into the picture. No China. That, that bothered me. Now, I am not a geopolitical expert by any means. I actually try and shy away from this stuff because I am so not qualified to discuss these matters at all. Uh, but there were people throwing threads up all weekend long with their thoughts about how, you know, this conflict between this guy has been, the Wagner group has been ongoing for months and Putin killed his men and then his men got mad or he got mad and he declared, like, it looked just staged to me, but I wasn't going to, I mean, I'm not going to say that because I have no idea. It just, to me, the whole thing looked like a big plot that never, never was going to, 
be serious. It just didn't make sense. Yeah, and it was it was so so quickly dissipating. I know. I I so. posted on I think it was Saturday, and just like that, it's over before it started. Oh, they've negotiated a stand down. Oh, okay. Now what? This guy goes rides off into the sunset after trying to take over Russia. Now he's go. Where'd he go? <laughs> well, my my the questions. I mean, and I've like I I uh, I have a lot of notes because I went on live on Saturday night. I'm at it. I'm happy it happened because it started breaking during my show on Friday night, and I'm glad that we didn't we didn't do any of it because all we would have been working off of is all this this early going hyperventilating and it would have turned out to be nonsense and it was a lot better to going live at 9 30 on a saturday having it already been done and then now the, the bigger questions are left behind like uh you know uh why how a person how a person can be accused of treason on television by by putin can suddenly be have all the charges dropped for he and his men and have actually most of his men absorbed by the the Russian army, while while the commander Prigozhin can go and hang out in in Belarus. Like the whole thing, it's weird. It, didn't, it seems very weird. But there's some great great stuff that that's already coming out. Um, I one of my mainstays to go to for this stuff is Douglas McGregor, and he already put some really good stuff out last night. Um, an interview he did so i was listening to that before i went to bed i'll read i'll listen to that again maybe i'll even play it again tonight but it i don't know it, it's business as usual in ukraine nothing is stopped I, so i don't know what the hell this is all about if it's just kabuki theater if it is they do it much better than we do it's uh i'm looking for the Mar marjorie taylor green was um hold on she was she was saying it was it was the CIA behind it all weekend. She was basically out there screaming about how the CIA was behind it and it was a CIA run up and whatever. Now I mean I I don't know who knows I, maybe. But she she tweeted last night in my DC residence the television turned on by itself and the screen showed someone's laptop trying to connect to the TV. Just for the record, I'm very happy. I'm also very healthy and eat well and exercise a lot. I don't smoke and never have. I don't take any medications. I'm not vaccinated, so I'm not concerned about blood clots, heart conditions, strokes, or anything else, nor do I have anything to hide. I just love my country and the people and know how much they've been screwed over by the corrupt people in our government, and I'm not willing to be quiet about it or willing to go along with it. Well, the only... I don't know about Marjorie Taylor Greene. It could be just somebody... Where, where, where did this happen? Like, was she in a hotel? No, she has an apartment in D.C., I guess. Well, if somebody in her apartment building knows who their neighbors are and you find out exactly who their, you know, which television shows up on the Wi-Fi, you can always, I used to, I used to uh, mess with my mom and, and skip all the time. I knew what, what television of theirs, uh, which of theirs uh, on the Wi-Fi was her television. I would just put stupid stuff on there all the time and take them away from whatever they're watching. Well, as long as it so, was the view, we're all good. <laughs> yeah, no, no, it was, so, so, we, we messed with them bad a lot. But so I, I don't know if she's been actually threatened or if there's just weird things happening with her television. You know, you know like, didn't they used to do that in Angry Old Men? I didn't see. Angry. Or Grumpy Old Men? I didn't see. You remember when, when uh, Walter Matthau was doing that to uh, Jack Lemmon with the other, com with the remote control? across the way i don't remember 
Oh, okay. Sorry. Well, as far as the CIA thing, I, what I have seen the most pop up is the whole idea that the $6.2 billion that the Pentagon had just found again about a month ago, about three or four weeks ago, they found through an accounting, a rounding error somewhere, $3 billion that uh, that was just there at the Pentagon that they could repurpose and send off to Ukraine. Well, last week, as the week was winding down, the Pentagon found another $6.2 billion just laying around. Well, that's not exactly what happened. We, we had talked about this. It was they misvalued the equipment. Right. But it, 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 it freed them up to repurpose money that otherwise... Yeah, that's that's a very very convenient that you know every hammer at the Pentagon could be eighty five thousand dollars and then one day oh well uh, it was only fifty seven my bad you remember that we uh, played that clip of um, what's her name being questioned remember about uh, John Stewart was questioning the head of the Department of Defense or something like that or one of the heads we were playing it on the show and she was like you don't understand how any of this works you remember that no oh. Well, we played this whole series of clips with Jon Stewart basically cursing out the woman who was running the budget for the Defense Department about how, like, they mismanage money and lose it and veterans aren't funded, but all this money is, like, floating around out there unaccounted for. And it just reminds me of that. It's done on purpose. Like, they don't even have to do black programs anymore because they just take the accounting errors and funnel them wherever they want. Well, they, yeah, for 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 smaller amounts of money, six point two billion dollars is really nothing. But they they have their own they have their own income. Uh, I mean, that's what the that's what the the drugs that were being uh, marketed. I mean, the, those poppy fields in Afghanistan. I've had special forces guys tell me some of the first boots on the ground out there tell me that years ago they were already they were already um, generating over a trillion dollars of unaccounted money. Um, I mean, they're talking. You're talking about gigantic budgets that rival our national, if not surpass our national budgets that they pass every year, um, that are just produced from unsavory, unaccountable means. So there's that. But people were saying that this. Here's an example. Um, it did Putin fake the coup to dupe NATO and oust disloyal military inside Russia? People are asking. Um, and then, of course, not to mention dupe Ukrainians into advancing, thinking Russia was weak. And they did. They 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 tried to launch several attacks over the weekend and they were all crushed. So, it, you know, and then this six point two billion dollars wondering if that was repurposed over here from the U.S. to try to get Prigozhin or somebody to turn on Putin because the big thing and here, then Tracy, Putin was in on it the whole time. And if it was, <laughs> if, if if he was, think about how genius that is to do a little kabuki theater, crush the Ukrainians a little bit more who think that Russia is weak when they're not. Take six point two billion dollars from us if that's the case. But regardless of anything, me, I'm not that too good with geopolitics either. But all I know is, hmm, Russia is in a seemingly unstoppable position. Obviously, people like Prigozhin are have been frustrated with Russia's uh, uh, um, approach to this war from the beginning because they believe it's been way too surgical and they should have just steamrolled the entire country and, and, and not dragged this out for well over a year. But the question here is that even now, whether they took the slow, steady approach or the blitzkrieg approach, 
the the whole thing is suddenly there is a, a supposed coup there is a civil war that just brews out of nowhere when all is lost for the other side that's why people are like this had to have been instigated or attempted to be instigated by the other side that kind of I, thing just doesn't happen all of a sudden like and then go unabated now when you're winning it's stupid i don't know i just that's it however speaking about defense budgets and all that nonsense the house armed services committee passed something actually beneficial for the people frank they defunded the censorship complex from the the Pentagon is not allowed to send money anymore to the Global Disinformation Index, Graphica, NewsGuard, and other related organizations that target perceived online disinformation and rate news sources based on accuracy and transparency. And if you read the amendment, it, it here, I have a clip here for us. It's amazing. Here, wait. How the media operates. I know that the American people are smart enough to figure out what is the truth. We do not need to spend taxpayer dollars to restrict the flow of information to recruit people into the military. Uh, let's leave it up to the people. Let's save some money and uh, let's let restore some pride and uh, back into the recruitment process and get people into the military who want to be there for the love of their country. Thank you so much. I yield back. So they defunded the censorship complex the Pentagon was funding. The Pentagon's argument was something like, oh, we need to make sure there's no disinformation out there because we can't recruit if people are feeling like there's, like, it was just ridiculous. And it, and it, and it works because these companies are all being sued in court. And this, again, is all looping back into. Do you have an example of some of the, some of the disinformation no, or the, do you have an example of some of the the rec how it's been the how this has been uh rec put it into the recruiting methods i i i just want to understand yes. that NewsGuard provides the department of defense with alerts and analysis about new false narratives being spread by hostile foreign governments including china russia and iran targeting americans and our allies with false claims um, NewsGuard identified a Beijing-backed website disseminating a false claim about a U.S. scheme to develop bioweapons and deploy them in China. So they're basically saying that the there's two different arguments. The Pentagon is arguing that they need NewsGuard to tell them what's true and false. But I will tell you something right now. NewsGuard has come after my company and said that we were on this list of, of you know, disinformation agents. Um, our reporting on COVID, our reporting on the election, our reporting on ivermectin, all of it was was labeled far-right conspiracy disinformation reports. So how, how does that tie in with recruiting efforts, though? I, 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 don't, I don't know. The, the bill specifies it. I read it very quickly, and I, I'm not remembering exactly, but I will have it for Wednesday. We'll go back over it on Wednesday because it's super important. Super okay. important. Um, but I read the bill, and I was actually okay with it, which is something from you know at least this portion which is weird um there was a clip found of uh jfk or rfk jr um on joe scarborough back in the day it's a natural reason before his voice got really bad i'm just gonna it's about the vaccines and autism from 2005 when he did the rolling stone article mm -hmm. it's a great clip i'm gonna play a little bit of it here hold on wait well let me say that the 
The um, deadly immunity piece on thimerosal is also running on Salon.com simultaneously. The two magazines okay. ran at the same time. Um, my new book is St. Francis of Assisi, A Life of Joy. It's a children's book. Um, I grew up reading books about the saints, but I couldn't find one that would hold my computer-age children's attention. Uh, and so I tried to write a book that uh, had kind of action and you know engaging story that would also teach them the values and it's done very very well and I'm very happy with it. Well we want to get you, you back to talk about that but let's talk tonight about the Marisol. Um, there are a lot of people out there when I was practicing law in fact I need to say this we actually practice in the same law firm no lawsuits uh, uh, regarding the Marisol so we can get that off uh, the record but still there are a lot of people a lot of Americans very concerned about the impact of this drug which is found in vaccines and how it causes autism talk it's about a, it's that. a Marisol is a preservative that was put in vaccines back in the 1930s Almost immediately after it was put in, autism cases began to appear. Autism had never been known before. It was unknown to science. Then the vaccines were increased in 1989 by the CDC and by a couple of other government agencies. Okay, let me stop you there. That's an important date, and I'll tell you why. My, my son, born in 1991, uh, has a, a slight form of autism called Asperger's. Right. But it seemed, and again, when I was practicing law, and also when I was in Congress, parents would constantly come to me and they'd bring me videotapes of their children and they were all around the age of my son That's or exactly. younger. The so generation something happened in 1989. Exactly. The generation, what happened was the vaccine schedule was increased. We went up from receiving about 10 vaccines in our generation to these kids received 24 vaccines and they all had this thimerosal. What is it now? Like 70 something? I've seen 72 and up. And he goes on. It's a seven-minute-long clip, but it's it's really wildly informative. Back again from when he produced with, with Joe Scarborough, with, uh, no less. Yeah, so I'll put it and, in the notes. Yeah. And you know what we did? I did a little bit on that my show last on the nineteenth with Forrest Moretti. He's a uh, prolific author and um, historian on these types of things, especially where the the emergence of of uh, autism where there was none. It was really all we're talking about early 20th century united states and austria those two countries side by side who are adding these types of these types of um substances in their one vaccine each uh, around the same time and it's incredible he he wrote a book called the autism vaccine you should go and check it out but but this is this clip is this this is one for the uh the, the time capsule for sure yeah yeah, I mean, and then I had this amazing thread that, you know, AJK is a really good follow on Twitter. I worked with her. I, f I forget when I met her. It was on something unrelated, I think. It might have been COVID. I'm not sure. But she did this thread, A Mom on Trust and Vaccines. And I think it encapsulates perfectly what we've been trying to say, the guilt that you feel. Um, I have four girls, age 13 to 21. Number three has autism. She was diagnosed at 18 months. I don't know what caused it. I do know that her symptoms started around 10 weeks and didn't fit the pattern of the 18-month slash two-year developmental regression often described with vaccine injury. I figured she was born that way and the doctors didn't have any answers. The timing of her symptoms onset was enough for me to claim with absolute certainty that her diagnosis was not vaccine-related. She was two months old. She hadn't even had that many vaccines. She had had seven. 
As time passed and our lives were increasingly consumed by therapies and functional limitations, I became angry at the uneducated idiots who believed there was a connection. I jumped into Facebook threads shaming those who asked questions. My grief wouldn't even let me consider it. It wouldn't let me let them consider it. I even spoke to a class of SLPD students at the local university about my conviction. Quote, my daughter's autism was not caused by vaccines and it's offensive to suggest that it was. But why was I so certain? In retrospect, I was driven by both a need to be seen as a good mom by my daughter's many doctors and an unwillingness to consider that my choices had led to this outcome. I had no certainty. I had an emotional need for certainty. That one tweet right there and the one, the the one, the next one too, just encapsulates everything. What have we talked about? People that tried to force their relatives to get the COVID shot. People that got it themselves and feel guilty that they did. All of this is a human reaction. This guilt that they may have harmed someone else has then caused them to double down on the substance that harmed instead of taking responsibility for potentially being wrong about the safety and efficacy of the substance. Yep. It's the human condition. It's, and some people like AJ, as the thread continues, sits back, reflects on it and says, oh crap, I was wrong. Or maybe I was wrong even, just maybe. And other people turn into wildly programmed sycophants because facing this, I've spent many nights over the past 15 years crying behind my closed bedroom door, wishing the universe had dealt her a different hand. My one consolation all those years was the idea that whatever tool carved out this path for her, it was out of my control. How much more poignant. Ah, I just, this whole thread is something else. Her life will never be easy. She has incredible artistic gifts and significant functional deficits. And despite her earnest efforts to learn social skills and make friends, she's lonely most of the time. I thank God every day she has her sisters. Less than two years after that, I had number three, and number four was born seven weeks early with cerebral palsy. It was a shock. Her tests and ultrasounds were all fine with no indication of problems, although it was a rough pregnancy for me. She was due in February and born in mid-December. Her CP was never explained. They told me that it usually isn't. It's just one of those things that can happen, and I accepted that too, although part of me always wondered. Two developmental disorders striking two kids in a row seemed like really bad luck, but it was harder to dismiss. Then in 2021-2022, I watched the CDC tell pregnant women that the safety of the COVID vaccine was a certainty when it wasn't. I was appalled. I was horrified when they mandated it for pregnant women working certain jobs. Take the jab or lose your job, expectant mother. I watched OBGYNs parrot the perfectly safe message in unison while masking laboring mothers and separating them from their support people during the most intense, challenging, and vulnerable moments of their lives. And that was it for me. Trust in vaccines, gone. I remembered that I'd received the H1N1 vaccine less than two weeks before I went into unexpected preterm labor at 33 weeks and birthed an infant who would shortly thereafter be diagnosed with CP. Maybe that's relevant. Maybe it's not. I can't say for certain, but the doctors did. They said no. It was just... Then she says she remembers when when the baby with CP was little, the neuro delayed all of her vaccinations until after five and then spaced them out. And she said she was they were that she was too neurologically fragile to get them and it wasn't worth the risk. I never said, but I thought they were safe. Like, why would a, a, a child with deficit or issue not be able to take the shots that a healthy child could take if they were safe? 
Just read the rest of the thread. Again, I will put it in the show notes. It is a long thread. It's beautifully written. RFK actually retweeted it. I retweeted it early as soon as I saw it. Just amazing from AJ. Just amazing. Um, yep. Also, that guys, is incredible. it is. You need to read the whole thing, Frank. And I think that you should read it. You might even want to read it on your show. It's one of those that you probably, I could see you reading on your show. So I will share it with you. Um, it only takes one. Uh, you know, and that the uh, the MMR that's 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 another one. I mean, you talk about these combinations. It only takes one, and and I mean, I can't tell you how many shots they tried to push on Lauren while she was pregnant, and I, I'm so happy that without because there's a couple of, of quite a few appointments that she had to go to without me because of all the the uh, the COVID protocols in these doctors' offices at the time, and. I just told her stay, stay strong, because they're gonna they're gonna get real pushy. Uh, Tdap I... the Tdap this this that that whatever the hell it was they want to take it now. You pass the immunity along to your child, and I'm, I'm so happy. My daughter will be 18 in January. My son will be 15, and I learned a little later, like when William was six seven months old is when I finally like stopped everything. Viv didn't get very many. Um, I was very like skeptical before I knew why. But when I was pregnant, it was get the HPV vaccine, get the um, get the uh, the flu vaccine. You know, you can't get the flu when you're pregnant, you'll just die. I'm like, all right, come on. Like My husband got H1N1 when it first came out. Remember H1N1 came out and it was like, oh my gosh. And my son was three weeks old at the time. And my, my husband got it. And um, and the doctors were like, keep them separated. Don't let them near each other. You know, if you're... Now my son didn't get it. I didn't get it. But Will had it. And it was miserable. But like the way that these people act about, you know, the human immune system being completely inept and unable to take care of anything that comes its way. The the f- baby photographer got whooping cough or had whooping cough when she came to take William's baby photos in the hospital. And the person next to me had gotten, the baby had gotten it, but William didn't get it. Um, and the reason why they're saying, or they said, was because when I was pregnant, with William, I was eight months pregnant with him or so, and I stepped on a nasty, rusty nail in my yard. And they they were like, you really need to get the tetanus. tetanus shot. You have to get it. And I had no idea they bundled that with the whooping cough vaccine. Yeah. It's bundled. So I got Pert- it. What, is, that, that's, what, is that the pertussis? Yeah. That's t- the Tdap, right? Yep. Yeah. I got it when I was pregnant. I got it. I did it. They gave me... It's the last shot I ever took. And I don't know what the hell's going on. I've got, I don't know. Last shot I ever took is probably 2010. And we were playing flag football. And we were recording it and all that stuff. We had a, we had a big game. And it was a it was pretty rough game of flag football. We were doing kickoffs, returns. There were scrums and all that stuff. And I, uh, I, I sprained my ankle pretty bad in, you know, going for a... a a kickoff recovery. And then after I sprained the ankle, I played the rest of the game on it. And I was, and I was QBing too. So I didn't feel too much that night radiating the next day. Radi- I said, Lauren, we got to go to the ER. 
So we went to the ER and they did an x-ray, no breaks. It's just a sprain. They're going to give me the air cast, but we need to give you, it, it sees that I, we see here that you are, um, you're up for a tetanus shot. You haven't had one in over 10 years. And I said, what, why for a, for a sprained ankle? Why? I, I didn't sit, step on a rusty nail. And, uh, I almost covered by my insurance at the time. I said, okay, I, whatever. So I got a tetanus shot in 2010 for a sprained ankle. I, I mean, you, and you know, you're sitting there and these are the, I'm not contemplating this stuff back then, but right. you know, you have a, a doctor or a nurse walks into the room. You're in a hospital. You're, you have, you feel you're being taken care of. You're going to follow their lead. What do you know? And you just take things. That's the way it was. And the only, like I say, the good things that came out of COVID, this is one of them. There are so many people out there now like, nah, I'm good. I will say this with William, he was late to speak um, and he was tippy-toe walking. And so they had thought that he he may potentially be autistic. So they put him in speech therapy. Um, he wasn't autistic. Um, but the way that the uh, special services engine came flooding into my family trying to you know, I'm like, finally, I'm like, stop it. Everybody get out. They wanted him in special education. Kid is freaking brilliant, okay? My son is brilliant. They wanted him in special education and all kinds of stuff because he was late to speak. He was. Now I can't shut him up if I try. But he he was late to speak. And it was a, it was a struggle. Oh, real quick. Um, my uncle is probably listening to this podcast. He's about to head back down to Florida Lend the free. So I just want to say goodbye to Uncle Chris. I promised him that I would give him a little shout out before he left to go because I'm not going to see him. So. See you later, Uncle Chris. <laughs> Sorry. But yeah, I mean, it was it was just crazy. Um, changing topics a little bit. And then I want to get into the DOJ. I had so much to go over this, this show. We'll, we'll hold some of it over for Wednesday. But there is an intense debate right now about whether or not we should be ballot harvesting in the next election. So Scott Pressler says, yes, we need to be ballot harvesting. Mike Lindell says, no, we all have to vote same day. I say we need to be at the nursing homes first. We need to be at the nursing homes first, assisting the elderly with voting because they have sometimes they have a hard time and we're there to facilitate, you know, help them out where that's legal. And then when when the other people that typically come to those nursing homes to help them get there. Unfortunately, someone else has beat you to it. We thought that you guys were here already. We're sorry. That doesn't seem to be so bad to me if it's happening already and we're not participating in it when it's legal and we can be. Why would we do the same thing that we've been doing for all these years and not take advantage of the laws that the left takes advantage of? Right. That's all I'm saying. Why wouldn't you try and get a ground game operational so that we can also ballot harvest with the best of them while also people go and vote same day in person if they want to. Can we have the best I, of both worlds? <laughs> if that's the name of the game now, I guess there's, uh, I mean, you, you're to not do both would be to say, well, we surrender. I mean, there's no, there's no way that you can, you can find it with the with what has been normalized now in, and, in elections and the laziness, the laziness and the accepting that that it, just the acceptance of this whole. I don't know. Charade. 
Yeah, yeah. I mean, if the, what we've accepted as far as what is normal for elections and and being able to get up out of the house one day out of every four, if you're just thinking about the presidential election, it, then whatever. The, 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 that's it. I guarantee you, if we successfully do this, the left will be in state legislatures all across the country changing the laws back. I don't know if they'll change the laws back because I really don't believe that they have the majority. Um, I, I think that this is a way of this is a way of actually making a slight minority into a majority because there's plenty of people who are registered Republicans who lean center right or right, 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 who don't vote and they just want to get on with life and, and whatever um, that are being are being overwhelmed by just the fact that they're getting they want to be able to make sure that they're getting closer and closer to 100 percent turnout on their side. Mm. And that's what the, the trick or treat balloting is all about. And um, so, I, you know, if if if, so, if their opponents did that, then what do you uh, they may have to think of something else. They have to they have to create voters. They might start having children again. Who knows? Oh, yeah. Yeah, that would end the dead the cemeteries will be it'll be like Night of the Living Dead at every cemetery. Like the roles have been cleaned in a lot of states, too. But I, I just I don't understand why we have to fight each other on this. It's so obvious to me. It really is. I don't get it. We're fighting over everything. Um, you know that there's a lot of impeachment talk going around, Frank. There's Biden impeachment. There's Garland impeachment. There's all kinds of impeachment talk. And then Lindsey Graham coming out and saying, Biden impeachments is dead on arrival in the Senate without due process because Lindsey Graham is our friend, Frank, isn't he? Yes, he's a good man. Nuclear warmonger Lindsey Graham from South Carolina is our friend. Here's yep. here's Merrick Garland talking about the FBI the other day. Talking point on uh, the campaign trail, um, the alleged corruption and, and the FBI and other federal law enforcement agencies. Um, do the American people have cause to be concerned about the integrity of the components of this Justice Department? And and what do you have to say about how they're acting? I certainly uh, understand that some have chosen to attack the integrity of the Justice Department as components and its employees by claiming that we do not treat like cases alike. Uh, this constitutes an attack on an institution that is essential to American democracy right. Right and essential throat. to the safety of the American people. Now, right in the throat. Right in the throat. I just, I gotta say, what was he gonna say? Yes, if I were an American, I'd just look around at everything we're doing, obviously. <laughs> That's number one. But number two, I don't know if you're watching, it's the last season of Blacklist, one of my favorite shows. There's the there's a congressman, a very earnest, honest congressman who is looking for transparency about the budget of the blacklist committee, the blacklist tax task force. It's getting millions and millions and millions of dollars. They're like, what is this, this task force doing? We want to know. And they're the soft propaganda in this show right now is driving me up the wall because I love the show so much. But there's been two times where they've done this. Now they're having Harold the director of the task force and the, um, I, th I think he's the assistant director of the FBI or the director of the FBI, saying, 
they don't realize that by probing into our task force, they're actually endangering millions of Americans and also members of our task force. And I'm like, oh, that that is I mean, you have got to just accept that when you when it's when I sit down to watch a new show, depending on who's producing it, you just got to you got to you got to expect it um, the, the, that it was really hard, especially toward the end to listen to watch Homeland. In fact, I, I don't even think I saw the Homeland finale. I mean, it, it does. You're you're blitzed by it all the time. Terrible. That the institution, it's what America was founded on. These are 20th century scams. It's it's all there. If you're watching Blacklist for some reason, it's all there. But the press was the press for approximately four minutes this week, Frank. And I wanted to play the two clips where I noticed the press being the press. And they're right here in this article on Zero Hedge. Here is this guy. I can't, Kirby, I cannot stand his face. I don't know about you guys, but he's so smug and gross. A minute murder murder. today released murder. documents. Their yep, authenticity nowhere challenged. Uh, that included a July 2017 WhatsApp message sent by Hunter Biden to Henry Zhao, a Chinese Communist Party official, which stated in its entirety, and I quote, I am sitting here with my father, and we would like to understand why the commitment made has not been fulfilled. Tell the director that I would like to resolve this now before it gets out of hand, and now means tonight. And Z, if I get a call or text from anyone involved in this other than you, Zhang, or the chairman, I will make certain that between the man sitting next to me and every person he knows, and my ability to forever hold a grudge, that you will regret not following my direction. I am sitting here waiting for the call with my father, unquote. So just a couple of questions about this. First, does this not undermine uh, the president's claim during the 2020 campaign and the reaffirmations of that claim by his two press secretaries since then that he never once discussed his son's overseas business dealings with him? No, and I'm not going to comment further on this. James, James, let me just, let me save you some... James, I'm trying save, to get people, I'm trying to get people killed here, let James. Let me save you some breath. If you're going to ask about this, I am not... In what universe is this acceptable? He walks off. He ends up leaving. He, he scolds them more. Here. I, don't, I know you do. More than I'd like you to have. I am not going to address this issue from this podium. I'm just not going to do it. I'm not going to do it. Bye. Bye. I'm leaving now. I'm running away. See yeah, you later. I'm leaving. I'm, I'm here to talk about how I'm, I'm working to kill people. And, and we're not talking about killing people right now. Here leaving. Is, I mean, here's, here's Karin John Pia. The state dinner last night. Um, I'm wondering if you could take us into the thinking and decision making of why uh, the president decided to. I, I'm just not going to get into family discussion, personal family discussion. As you know, Hunter is his son. I'm just not going to get into it. Oh yeah, right. If right. Hunter Biden wasn't the president's son, would he have invited someone who had just reached a plea agreement with federal prosecutors? Well, two days a, couple, a couple of things. Again, that's his son. It's a he's a family member. Wow. It's not uncommon for family members to attend. Uh, events at the White House. You could look at past presidents. I'm sure you have. So that is not wow. uncommon uh, as it relates to anything uh, uh, related to, uh, uh, to Hunter. Uh, 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 blinking while the eyes are closed yep. already. Yep. Can I follow up on okay. that? Okay. No, I just called in somebody. Go ahead. Yeah. So, but I mean, so Kirby wouldn't answer James's question, though. Are you going to answer the question? I mean, not, not a reasonable question to ask when the President of the United States was involved, as this message seems to suggest, 
in some sort of a coercive conversation for business dealings by a son, is that something, <clears throat> if he wasn't, then maybe you should tell us. So that. here's the thing, I, and I appreciate the question. Yeah. I believe my colleague uh, at the White House Council uh, has answered this question already, has dealt with this, well, has uh, uh, made here, it very clear. Here's the thing, let me attempt to lesbian my way out of this. <laughs> She, here, just a wiggle. Let's just. I don't have anything to share outside of what my colleagues have shared, uh, and so I would refer you to him and the D and the DOJ. Just not going to comment from here. I will. What I can tell you is I know that my colleague has dealt with this. He he uh, addressed this at the White House Council. I just don't have anything else to share. Oh, I just I just answered the question. I just answered the question. Yes or no? Was the president involved in the shakedown attacks? Stephen. Steven, he didn't answer the question. <laughs> I well, no, 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 no. Listen, stop asking. You asked the question before, and my mouth made sounds. That <laughs> is an answer. Okay, when my mouth makes sounds, it's an answer, and then I can say, "I listen. I already answered it." She appreciates the question, Frank. She appreciates it. She does. She, she's a very appreciative woman. She's very appreciative. And um, it goes on for another two minutes. And I want to listen to the whole thing because we have not seen the press act like the press in several, several years, if not a decade. So answer the question. I just said I just this is it's not up to you how I answer the question. I just answer the question by telling you my colleagues at the White House Council has dealt with this and I would refer you to them. Go ahead. Can you just remind us what your colleagues said? from the White House Council, so we have it. I would, I, would, I would refer you to them and they will share a <laughs> statement with all of you. See, I don't actually know. From that podium, you've stated that the president stands by his comment from the 2020 campaign that he never once discussed his son's overseas business She's not happy. with his son. And you stood at that podium yeah. and you reaffirmed that. Do you stand by your reaffirmation? I, what I will say is nothing has changed. Nothing <laughs> has changed. And I will leave it there. Anything else, I will refer you to the White House Council. What a pathetic, what a, what a pathetic getting, person. She's answered the question. You, asked, you just asked me, do, does my statement change? I just told you nothing has changed. That's answering Why? the question. Go ahead. How, how, can Go you, ahead. how can you possibly say that? Because you're a pathetic person. You're not a real person. These, I mean, they have, they have heartbeats, I think. They have... Um, they biologically, I think they function as human beings, but they're not real people. I'm just, uh, I'm telling you right now, the fact that this is even happening, I don't really think, this is just my opinion, I don't think that Biden will be impeached. But I do think that they're going to not run him again because it's not going to get any better. I mean, the, the news reports on this, we showed it on Friday, they're actually considering this very seriously. And there's no way that the legacy media all on cue would be actually taking this seriously and spending three minutes and 35 seconds pounding her. We're going to, well, bad word, showering her with questions. I'm about, just going to shut up. <laughs> about I was about to jump in and, and that would have had to have been edited out. Yeah. Yeah, the Go ahead, ahead Stephen. I'm calling on your colleague right now. Go ahead. Thank you. Like a teacher. To follow up on my colleague, is there anything that you can say with regard to this text message and what the president's son was alleging? Was the president there or not? I would refer you to my colleagues at the White House Council. They have addressed this, and I refer you to them. And they will refer you. They'll, they'll, they'll refer to you to the the, the garbage man. <laughs> and then the garbage the garbage man will refer you refer you to the uh, the the ducks in the pond. 
asking the president about this? Have you asked him whether he was there with his son on July 30th? This is not a conversation that I've had with the president. Again, I would refer you to the White House counsel. Do you plan to have that conversation no. with the president? No. No, 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 I'm not no. going to talk to him about the most damning scandal ever since Watergate for a sitting president. No, nope, not going to do it. Um, Cruz wants the White House to be to be impeached. Graham says Biden impeachment without due process would be dead on arrival because he's great. Here's Graham. I sent. The, I got this clip sent to me this morning. Here. The Russian use of nuclear weapons in Ukraine should be considered an attack on NATO. Here. It's more provocative. We have to stand up, not stand down. The last thing you can do when you're bullied is to give in to the bully. Mm. There's talk by Putin and others in Russia of exploding a nuclear weapon in Ukraine. <clears throat> this is uh, nuclear blackmail. The one thing you don't want to have happen in the 21st century is for people to believe nations to believe the only way you can be safe is to have a nuclear weapon. Going back in time, I, it'd be hard to convince Ukraine to give up their nuclear force now, given what Putin had done. So this is a defining moment for the world when it comes to territorial integrity and st saying no. Territorial integrity. Why don't you focus your ass on our territorial I integrity? I mean, it's, you know, to, to give up weapons in and uh, through deals that is supposed to reaffirm neutrality when now it is a vessel it is clear that ukraine has been a vessel so long for hostile actors in the eyes of you know russia you we can be as scarred from cold war propaganda as as you know we we are going to be russia the reds the commies soviet union Putin, Stalin, all the things that we grew up with, we, we were steeped in, whatever. But from a Russian standpoint, what Ukraine was turned into, as opposed to what we have always agreed with them of what NATO expansion would never be, it, it, it's, it's, it's ridiculous. It's ridiculous. I, I wonder if they would ever gotten rid of their... I wonder if they, he pretty much said, I wonder if they would have ever gotten rid of their weapons if they knew that the CIA would <laughs> have Victoria would have Newland. put them in this position one day. And the State Department. It's, and it's, another one, to the throat. McCarthy forecasts Garland impeachment inquiry if whistleblower allegations are true. If. I don't know how you're saying if at this point. We have two very highly credible whistleblowers. Who have stepped forward. I got to tell you. I tweeted it over the weekend. The release of the documents from the Ways and, Midi, uh, Ways and Means Oversight Committee. Was the most transparent release I have ever seen. In all of my time reading these things. Even when they released the transcripts from the, from the HIPSI during Spygate. They were not like this. They go through the transcript. And they cite an exhibit. And then they included the exhibit in its. It with little to no redaction in the exact place in the transcript where it was referenced. I've never seen anything like this from a committee. The The guys on Ways and Means at the GOP need props. It was amazing. I would think that the weaponization committee would have handled things this well, given what we're dealing with, but they haven't. They just haven't. There's so much going on. Here, look at this. This is Chuck Todd. <laughs> You know, for the longest time, all of this whistleblower talk, 
you know, it, it was not clear whether there was there there. These transcripts, who these people were, the second whistleblower, um, these look pretty credible. What kind of uh, reaction have you gotten on the Hill today? Uh, Chuck, it's kind of ironic because I think, as you point out, the various oversight efforts by different Republican House committees to find a handle on a Hunter Biden scandal that would really break through have been pretty weak. They've frankly mm -hmm. been pretty feeble at times. They've got more of the goods here than they have elsewhere. And again, that's a very low bar. But what they have here, sworn testimony from serious people, for, uh, you know, current IRS officials, one of them quite senior, making these allegations. Ironically enough, these these claims haven't gotten the same kind of breathless treatment right. that some of the other more fantastical claims that have amounted to less have from uh, Republican Yeah, this has lawmakers. nothing to do with Ukraine. This has nothing right. to do with China, right? This is, goes back to just simply what he was doing with his business, right? Right. I mean, there's good old-fashioned business malfeasance in here, you know, basically paying for flights for prostitutes and writing them off as business expenses. And I mean, there's all... Good old-fashioned business malfeasance? The man was writing off his hookers and making them clean his hotel rooms. This is good old fashioned business. I, I paid you for an hour's worth of work and I'm going to get it. <laughs> clean the bed now. Clean up my drug paraphernalia, peasant. You've serviced my me. Crack. Please, can you please go soak my crack pipe in this 420 cleaner? I can't believe they said that. Good old fashioned business, Melfi. Just fine. No. Good old, good old fashioned, right off the whores. <laughs> oh goodness, that's it for today. We see, but that's, but that's what they would say. See, we're talking about a man in pain. This is about this is a story about addiction. Uh, no, you see, you find he, there's so many hundreds of crimes here that you can find focus on the addiction stories. But then you start talking chicken the chicken and the egg. Does the abuse of power fuel the addiction? The addiction, the abuse of power. What the hell is it? But, you know, to hell with it all. I don't think I'm trying to make sense <laughs> the senseless here. Dude, like, seriously, there was a tweet where somebody said um, he was in the throes of addiction at this point. We can't hold him accountable for anything. Right, right. Terrible. He might as well have been anybody on the streets of San Francisco at that point. I just can't. Anyway. We'll be back on Wednesday. You have been listening to the Dark to Light podcast with Frankie Val on the drums and Beans. You can hear us every Monday, Wednesday, and Friday at 2.30 Eastern time on TuneIn, Stitcher, Apple iTunes, Google Podcasts, iHeartRadio, Spotify, and RadioInfluence.com. Also, Monday, Wednesday, and Friday, 8.30 a.m. Eastern time live on Rumble, Twitter, and Getter. And don't forget to check out Frank's show Monday through Friday at 7 p.m. Quite frankly.tv and Rumble until Wednesday. Later.